Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of pewterreport.com. Hope everybody had a great weekend. We are back in the saddle for another week of Pewter Report podcast, starting out with being back at the facility for week two of Bucks OTAs. We will give our analysis of everything that we saw from practice plus a couple of press conferences that went on with Antoine Winfield Jr. and Kyle Trask as well as we talk about the quarterback competition. So I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is my fellow colleague at PewterReport.com. That was also at the Bucks facility there with me today. He runs the place of Pewter Report. It's SR Scott Reynolds. Scott, good to be back on the show with you. How is everything? Doing great, Matt. Uh, you know, it's always fun to watch some football, even though it's just OTAs. It's yes. it's still better than than not seeing football, and they had helmets on, which is cool, right? It's it's not it's not phase one in terms of the workouts. These guys are actually throwing the football, and they're competing. And we saw Baker Mayfield uh, continue to, you know, to to make some good throws today. Uh, do not get caught up in that one misfire throw. Thank um, you. I'm, I'm, gl- I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because there was uh, another video that came out today of Baker missing yeah. a throw. There was a video of Kyle Trask missing a throw. Yeah. Guys, that is one throw out of over a yeah. hundred that they make. on the Selective day. editing at its it, worst. It's very selective editing. Yeah. Don't buy into it. Was that throw that they messed up? Was it bad? Yeah, but it's yeah. one of a billion that they're going to throw. I'd rather that, them mess it up on air than when the defense is there and ends up yeah. being an interception. Don't buy into it. It's just BS. It, it, it's fun to joke about. I absolutely yeah. get it. If it was another fan base, I'd be pointing and laughing too. Matt, Four we saw Tom, Tom Brady miss some throws too. Tom Brady was not 100% in practice. He wasn't, right? There were some misfire yeah. throws from Tom Brady. So it's, it's just selective editing at its worst. Uh, don't read into it. Um, listen, neither one of these guys is Tom Brady. No one is, but <laughs> Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask, certainly, you know, uh, playing credible football, playing pitch and catch. This this Dave Canales offense is interesting in the fact that it does get receivers open, and yes. um, uh, you know, we really can't get into the specifics of how they do it. I mean, they use like some bunch formations. That's probably not giving away too much. You can go back and look at any Seattle game. And see that it's a little confusing for the defense to have to to you know pick and, and choose which receiver to cover, but that's man, whether it's zone, etc. Uh, that's that's part of it. But um, you know, I I'm been encouraged by what I've seen from this offense so far. It's not to say that the Bucks defense is playing bad or anything. It's just that that you know, Matt, this offense is is interesting. It's um, it's certainly different than. Bruce Arians' offense and the fact that it's horizontal based and 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 uh, with the rollouts, the bootlegs, the waggles, uh, stretching defenses from side to side rather than vertically, and so it's it's a completely new offense, and uh, by all accounts, it's one that is moving the chains, and we saw quite a few touchdowns today as well. Yes, what I like right now is that they. We are seeing the building blocks of what this offense can look like. I'm not putting a ton of stock into OTAs right now. I mean, you don't see Levante David or Devin White out there on defense. Same with, you know, some of the other starters, Shaq Barrett, uh, Carlton Davis. So I'm not going to sit here on May 30th, one day after my mom's birthday. Happy birthday, mom. Happy birthday, mom. Uh, Belated birthday yesterday. But I'm not going to sit here on May 30th 
and say, this offense is rip roaring, ready to go. Look what right. they've done. Because like, you'd be crazy to do that. Yes. With that said, I, what you were just talking about, Scott, the elements are there to build a credible, functional offense. The rollouts, moving the ball, getting receivers out in space where it doesn't have to be 15 yards down the field, just those little five-yard routes or some right. hooks and things like that, curls, where they're getting the ball and then they're able to break tackles. But more than that, I think what best pixelated it or captured it was – I believe it was Baker Mayfield threw a touchdown to Raheem Jarrett. And, yeah. you know, there was probably uh, miscommunication on defense. We've heard that before with the Bucs yeah. defense. <laughs> and But you know what? That's exactly what this offense is going to look like. A little dink and dunk here and there. Yeah. Yards after the catch. And then when they make a mistake, the defense I'm talking about, that's yeah. when you pounce. You take right. advantage of their mistakes. You hit the guy that's wide open. So, again – Long, long way to go, but there's certain little things about this offense, more than anything else, just motion, people moving, and yes. you gotta have your head on a swivel, which is great uh, for an offense. For a defense, you don't like it as much. So uh, certainly things to like about this offense as we watch them in OTAs. Yeah, and, and I think one of the things that stands out to me, Matt, is how quickly the ball gets out of the quarterback's hands. And, and really on the plays where it may take a little while for those uh, – routes to develop those are like the bootlegs right those are those are the rollouts they get the quarterback on the move outside the pocket and it buys time for the offensive line because the quarterback is a yes. moving target it's not like the quarterback is there and the offensive line has to build a fort around him and you know and and buttress uh the, the quarterback from from pressure the, this is just different and it it really uh, causes a little bit of havoc with pass rush lanes, right? When all of a sudden it's like, you know, you want to go up the field and all of a sudden the pocket moves one way and the quarterback yes. is moving. Then you, then all of a sudden, guess what do you have to do? You can't go up the field, Matt. You've got to go laterally, right? Mm -hmm. You've, you've got to follow that, that pass rush lane and every step you're taking sideways as a pass rusher, you're not getting up field. And that's just one more half a second, split second, second for the quarterback to throw the ball and for those receivers to get open. So uh, it, it's it's exciting to watch a new offense, and we'll see how successful or unsuccessful it's going to be. I'm sure there's going to be some growing pains. I'm sure there's going to be some trials yes. and tribulations in year one. This is not going to be an offense that comes uh, all together with a brand-new quarterback and a brand-new system and all these new pieces and lights the, the NFL on yeah, fire. Yeah, I don't think the Bucs are going to rival the Chiefs for most right. points per game um, in a season. And I do think you've kind of already seen, again, so early, but a little bit of the growing pains of pass protection. If the Bucs send a house or, you know, they blitz the safety a couple of times in today's practice, and yeah. it would have been a sack. I'm putting that in quotations because you can't yeah. hit anybody. Um, but you, you saw the Bucs defense take advantage of that a little bit. And that will be worked out by – middle of June in the summer, July and August, yeah. by the time the, um, by the time the season gets going. So sure. There are still little growing pains here and there, but also like Nick Leverett was playing center today. Ryan Jensen's going to be the starting center when the season gets going. You didn't even have Mike Evans or right. uh, Russell Gage out there and, and things of that nature. So don't, don't sweat it too much. Anything good isn't too good and anything bad isn't, that bad i think right. it's the best way to describe all of this yeah exactly uh happy work anniversary matt from sadie so Thank you, congrats sadie. congrats matt uh you've been with us now 
since what uh, 1995 yeah oh, me. Like that. i'm i'm <laughs> i'm older than you but uh it, it seems like you've been with us forever so um yeah it's been a long time yeah. appreciate it yeah i don't I, I don't even know when i count like how long because i started from intern and right now i'm here so like i don't even know when the official starting date is but it's been a great time i'll i'll, I'll tell you that so uh appreciate you sadie and um yeah thanks to all the fans yeah, I uh, just put today's Bucks OTA Insider. Matt and I collaborated on that uh, out there watching practice. JC Allen also out there today from Pewter Report. And uh, that is in the chat now. You can also check that out on pewterreport.com. Um, one of the interesting things, we had the picture of Baker Mayfield on there. And, and Mayfield certainly had some nice throws. I think all the quarterbacks kind of start off a little lukewarm and then really towards the end of practice kind of heated up. But uh, one of the more noticeable things from today's practice uh, and we've already had a couple comments here that uh, Baker Mayfield looks a little pudgy. Uh, well, it's it, it's kind of Kyle Trask looks looks lean, I think, yeah. <laughs> by comparison. <laughs> Kyle Trask was 240 pounds coming out of Florida at the combine at the weigh-in, and he dropped about 15 pounds, was down to about 225. To, well, let's say 10 to 15, so maybe 230 to 225 uh, when he got to Tampa. And over the last two years, kind of leaned out. Now he's dropped an additional five to 10 pounds. And it's not exactly like the Skeletor Tom Brady that showed up last year, right? <laughs> Damn, um, that's, that's, that's mean, but true. Well, yeah. You know, <laughs> not I mean, even mean, but. Yeah, I'm not saying it in a mean way. It's just like Tom Brady looked very, um, uh, what's the opposite of swollen? Shrunken, really, right? I mean, he, he looked. He looked, he looked like, like a guy like, uh, that was going through the ringer. He looked you know? like the villain in the first Captain America movie when he has the red face. I, I don't remember his name. Red Skull. Yeah, Red, red Skull. I guess yeah. his name was Red Skull. Yeah, yeah. Kind of looked yeah. Like so that. this is like Brady Skull, if you yeah. will. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but Kyle Trask looks very, very thin, but he looks very fit as well. And so the, the reason for his uh, decision to slim down was to get healthier. And you can see him there. He looks looks very fit. Uh, yeah. Baker, see, that's a better picture of Baker Mayfield. He looked a little pudgy, right, in the earlier one. Yeah. Um, you know, we Baker's just talk about videos of, getting doctored, photos, yeah, can, can get doctored, but they can also. It's all about the angles. As it is. Say. Uh, it, it's all about the angles. Yeah. So th there's Baker looking a little bit more fit. Same practice, uh, but but uh, you know Baker's six one, about two ten, two fifteen, just a squattier kind of guy. Trask, even though this is uh, the picture of them doing like the pre-practice calisthenics, yeah, it looks like they're the same height. Baker is 6'1", Trask is 6'5". But Kyle Trask is really thinned out. And the reason for that is he wants to be more mobile. He wants to be able to do these bootlegs and waggles and rollouts just as, as easily as John Wolford, the third-string quarterback, and also Baker Mayfield. And, you know, Kyle looks mobile. He does. He looks like, like he can execute these things um, certainly faster than Tom Brady. Not, not that I'm picking on Brady today. Don't think I am, folks. But uh, Tom would tell you he's not exactly fleet of foot, so I'm not, you know, not dogging Tom. But Kyle Trask does look more slender, more svelte, and a little bit more mobile, man. Yeah, he does. Uh, Kyle Trask actually spoke about that today. So let's get to the video. Ah, uh, really good. Probably definitely leaned out. Yeah. Lost a couple pounds. Uh, How many? Probably higher up five to ten pounds, depending on what, okay, so what day it is of the week. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, just really trying to really dial in my eating habits and things like that. Yeah. Um, and obviously, we're going to be moving around a lot more, so trying to be as light on my feet as I could. So, yeah. 
Do you like that as a quarterback? Uh, I just think it's really exciting for us to get the movements and the backfield going and the boots away. Um, and you see all the success that this system has had, um, you know, with the, the heavy play action and taking yeah. shots. And, yeah. you know, it gives you a lot of protection um, if you're able to do the keepers off the play action. So that's just really exciting for a quarterback. Anytime you can see turn on film and see a play action where you got nobody within 10 yards Huge of you. space, so, right? Yeah. So it's creating it all some vision together. Yeah, yeah. And it all ties in together. And I think, you know, they, they've they been doing this for, you know, decades out of the system that they're coming from. So they know exactly how to do it. Um, so we're all just really bought in and you know, excited to see where this goes. Yeah, you heard Kyle Trask there say that, yes, he's getting in better shape for his own personal health. But, yeah, he acknowledged that he's going to be moving around a lot yeah. more with this offense with Dave Canal. So he knows what he's getting into. And I think because Kyle Trask doesn't have crazy rushing stats from Florida that he can't move around at all. Like he's way yeah. more mobile than, uh, than Tom Brady. I, I guess I'm speaking bad about Tom Brady here as well, but like <laughs> this, this is just the trash Tom show today. Just, yeah. just uh, the, the TT trash Tom show. <laughs> That's really what it's become today. Uh, manual taking of exception of that. Uh, don't talk bad about Tom Brady. Neither one of you can do what Tom Brady has done, and that's a fact, Manuel. Yeah, that's I true. can. I can't even throw a spiral, man. I'm serious. It's it looks bad. Well, so, I bet I could throw a lefty better than Tom Brady. Uh, maybe, yeah. Actually, well, I don't know, but yeah. I am lefty, so I do have that advantage. Yeah, let, let's see. <laughs> let, let's see Tom Brady in 23 years write as many stories as I have. Yeah. yeah. Ah, good point. Yeah. Good point. Mm-hmm. Let's see that. Okay. So, but yes, uh, listen, we're, we're not, we're not taking Tom to task here. Um, we're just having fun. Yeah. Oh, Al Bundy. Golly. Shouldn't make fun of him though. He was depressed from the divorce. Yeah, he was sure. I've gone through a divorce. It's not fun. I mean, uh, it, it's not uh, at the same time though, at the same time, if I had his money, I, I think I'd be okay with people mocking me. For yeah. my- As Joel says, of course he was killed his spirit was written all over his face, yet he still managed to win a division title at 45, the GOAT. That's right. It's not how it starts, folks. It's how it ends, right? And uh, if you missed today's start of the show, well, you're going to have to tune in earlier. We have 124, I think, people right now in the chat, which is good for a Tuesday in May. As uh, There's not a whole bunch of Bucks news outside of OTAs, but if you missed our cool little graphic, uh, Kyle Thiel, who is uh, the like, what we call him the fifth Beatle, He's, he is uh, like... Um, is our webmaster and kind of runs uh, the the website for us here at pewterreport.com. He of, of uh, visual realm, um, probably because you're thinking of your football finger injury. That's true. Yes, this is my football finger injury. I, once I saw that yes. comment, I had to put it up. Th- this is the normal finger. That's the one that is uh, that is jacked up. I blocked a punt. Shawnee Mission South Raiders beat the Shawnee Mission West Vikings, and yours truly blocked a punt. One of my Three good plays in high school football. I blocked a punt. I had one sack, and I recovered a fumble. And uh, so, yeah, I, I blocked a punt. Uh, it was uh, not to get biblical, but like you've heard of Moses parting the Red Sea. For whatever yeah. reason, I'm defensive tackle, line up in the A-gap. The long snapper went that way. The guard went that way. I had a free shot straight on, and I caught the tip of the football with my fingers and basically bent these two sideways, dislocated them. Really hurt bad. I heard they call you Punt Team Moses. That's what they call you. That's a new one. I uh, hadn't heard of that. But uh, if you, like I said, if you had, if you've missed the, the earlier start to the show, we, we've got such a cool little graphic that is now part of the Pewter Report podcast, and it goes something like this. 
That's pretty cool, folks. That's it pretty is. cool. That's that's just twelve seconds of cool right there. And uh, speaking of of twelve seconds, um, in about two minutes, we're going to have about two minutes and twelve seconds of little thing that we do on Mondays, but we didn't want to like you know jip you guys because of the fact that Monday was a holiday and we didn't work yesterday. We had stories on pewterreport.com, but we didn't do the podcast because Memorial Day. Uh, you know, a, a very Fantastic holiday uh, honoring the the fallen who have sacrificed uh, everything for this great country, and uh, and so we didn't we didn't have what we do at four twenty on Mondays yesterday because there was no podcast. So we're going to do it today. It's a little thing we call roll call, baby. Where are you at, Peter people? We have awesome fans, not just in Tampa, not just in the United States. we got awesome fans all over, and we love interacting with all the Peter people. So one way we do that, typically on a Monday show, but uh, this week on a Tuesday, uh, we're going to start talking about another Bucks topic or continue this Baker and Kyle Trask conversation. And uh, while we're chatting about your favorite football team, if you could start putting in the – um, in the comments where you were watching from, like Donnie just did with Topeka, there you Kansas. Go. Topeka start, Kansas, start letting us know where you were watching the show from. We will put it on the screen <laughs> as Ren says on my couch. Yeah. And, uh, we'll, we will, uh, display to all the pewter people where everybody is watching from. Yeah. It's, it's always fun. Um, speaking of Kansas, my daughter, Ellie just returned from Kansas state, had a chance to talk to, um, I don't say legend, but Kansas state alum. Cade Warner today, which is fun. He was was uh, excited. That was from Kansas State also. So we had to talk a little Wildcat football. It was always good to catch up there. Uh, but I, I'm having a, a beer today in my Kansas. It's not that bad. State Cup. So it's got the state outline of Kansas with <laughs> Kansas. It's not that bad. And it's not. Um, but I'd say what, what else is not bad? Let's just stick to the Buccaneers, folks. Uh, the fact that this offensive line is is pretty big. I wrote about this. In, in our previous uh, OTA reporter, our OTA insider, just so you can see, that's Robert Hainsey, the gentleman to uh, the left there on your screen. Center last year for the Buccaneers during the regular season. Today he lined up at left guard, getting uh, some looks there with the second string. Your starters, of course, from left to right. You've got Tristan Wirfs, six foot five. Wow, Scott City, Kansas. There we go. we got the Kansas crowd in here. Where's Chris Oxentine from Overland Park? Have we seen him yet? Uh, he said hello before. Okay. Um, well, Kansas well represented so far. I'm loving it. Uh, great day to talk to Cade Warner. But that's Robert Hainsey. He looks a little bit bigger this year than he did last year. He's hit the weight room. But, folks, that's Matt Filer next to him. Six foot six, 330 pounds. You can kind of see the difference in the calves. Love the peach vibe. Uh, Celsius today, Charles. Uh, that's That's awesome. Uh, but Matt, Matt Fowler is a big dude. You can see the calves, the thighs, the arms, <laughs> the chest. Uh, this, is, this is a massive guy, like 6'6", 330 pounds. I'm trying to think. Thank you for that uh, comment, Will the Brewer. We're drinking beer today. It's a Tuesday. There we go, Chris. <laughs> Lowe's on 135th Street in Olathe, Kansas. I know exactly where you are. My buddy Chris lives around the corner from there. Um, but so Matt Filer is probably the biggest guard the Bucks have had since Carl Nix. Remember that name, you old Buccaneer fans? Six foot five, 343 pound guard that came from the Saints, where he was an all pro and a pro bowl. 
a huge offseason addition for Mark Dominic and Greg Schiano. Only problem is, if you remember, he caught MRSA in that season where MRSA infected one Buccaneer place and took out the kicker and a couple of the players. Jonathan Banks had MRSA for a minute. But with Carl Nix, it was very serious. His MRSA was, was a, a staph infection uh, or antibiotic resistant. It was a staph infection that was antibiotic resistant. Ended up costing him part of his toe and ended his career at age 28, which is a shame because he only played in nine games over two seasons for the Buccaneers and just ended his career. But, I mean, th this was probably going to be a, a multi-year pro bowler he was a two-time Pro Bowler with the Saints before he came to the Buccaneers. Had an illustrious career ahead of him, and it all came crashing down. So Matt Fowler, not as big at 6'6", 330, but still a big man. You put him next to Tristan Wirfs, and now, Matt, you have not just kind of like that, that uh, um, you know, gap duo, straight-ahead man-blocking scheme. Now you have... Mid zone, wide zone, stretch run plays at a zone, and, and it's basically a moving wall. And you get Worfs and and uh, Filer next to each other at six five, three hundred and forty five, and six six three thirty. That left side is is now it's just it's it's just a moving wall. And uh, and then you throw in Jensen who wasn't there today. Nick Leverett was actually taking snaps as the starting center, just mixing it up, uh, trying to get him some experience too and some looks. With with Hainsey going to left guard at, as the backup, and Cody Mock at uh, six foot five, three hundred five, very agile, active guy that moves well laterally, and then Luke Edicke at right tackle. This is a big wall that just yes. moves people, and it's going to be really interesting to see this run game kind of come to life. It can't get any worse, Matt. It ranked thirty second no. in the league last year. <laughs> Exactly. They can only go up from here, which is uh, good news for Dave Canals because it's only going to help his resume. You're like, hey, yeah. I came in. I took this <laughs> I took this run game. It was 32nd in the league. It was terrible, yeah. and I got it to this. But, yeah, it is exciting with this new zone blocking scheme, um, especially with the left side that you talk about, just two gargantuan human beings that will be blocking for uh, Rashad White. He's going to yeah. have – and, by the way, Rashad White, he'll be on the show tomorrow um, – but Rashad's going to have carte blanche because with the zone blocking style, it's really up to the running back. You know, you right. think like in a traditional defense, like, okay, Tristan's on the left side, the defensive end, he's going to block him. That's not necessarily the case because if you're zone blocking to the left, yeah. that defensive end, they decide to blitz or whatever, and he decides to go inside of the mm -hmm. face of Tristan Wirfs. Tristan Wirfs isn't blocking him anymore. Yeah. That's Matt Filer's guy. That's right. Then Tristan goes to either the second level or, you know, maybe a corner's on the end. Or yeah. whatever it is. So I like the idea that Tristan can out can get out in space. If teams want to blitz, the Bucks will be ready for it. I think it's better a little bit communications wise, where we yeah. see the Bucks struggle, especially Scott in those short yarded situations. And whether that was on Byron Leftwich or just the Bucks yeah. failure to execute, I think with the zone blocking scheme, it can help that out. Tristan Wirfs can seal off the edge, and Rashad can cut yeah. it to the outside for a big gain. Tristan can do his thing. Filer does his thing. And Rashad White goes in between the tackles or yeah. in between the guard and the center, whatever it is. I, I think the zone blocking offense, just as a as an entire unit, it is really going to help this team take advantage of the athleticism right. that this offensive line has. We know Tristan Wirfs has it. You know, yeah. Ryan Jensen will see what's up with the knee, but a lot of these guys, like Cody Mock, is great, or Malk, I should say, is great at getting to the second level. Use that to your advantage. And I think Dave Canales will.
Yeah, and the thing about Rashad White is he's slippery, and I think that's a term yes. that Todd Bowles used to describe him last year as a rookie. And so you give him that little crease, right, whether it's, you know, we're talking a moving zone run scheme here, and, and whether he finds that crease in between Filer and Wirfs or Filer and Jensen, uh, he's going to be able to take advantage of that and, and get slippery, get lean. And uh, even though he's a bigger back, he's kind of tall and, and linear. And he's got some strength now, but but he certainly has the the wiggle to kind of get in between those um, those linemen, find the holes in the zone. And, uh, and you, you know, you get the, the defense flowing one way, and then you have a cutback lane. And, of course, that's something Chase Edmonds, who we have not seen yet, but that's yeah. something he's excelled in in Denver, which has got a similar-based run scheme. And um, even Miami last year, right, with with their new coach coming in, uh, Mike uh, McDaniel. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, Mike McDaniel. Uh, so no Chase Edmonds today. Uh, like last Tuesday, both he and Sean Tucker were out. Uh, we tried to find out what happened with Russell Gage. R Gage was also a no-show. He, he got hurt. Baker Mayfield spilled the beans. He did. And which we appreciate in the media because we, you know, we didn't know if, if Gage was just vacationing or skipping OTAs or, but in fact, he got hurt. So with, uh, you know, we, we tried to do our due diligence and Todd Bowles, um, you know, uh, ever the stickler for the rules said, oh, we're not talking about injuries during OTAs. So now let me ask you this though, Scott, because we saw other people that were injured that were like still out there. And granted it was some of the younger guys. Yeah. Russell Gage, we didn't see out there at all. Right. Despite the fact that he wasn't practicing. Yeah. Is there anything that we should look into with that? Or is it more just, hey, well, he's not practicing. He doesn't have to be here. Levante David's not here either. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. And I'm just, this is just pure speculation. But uh, if, if you have an upper extremity injury, shoulder, elbow, wrist, whatever, you, you can stand and watch practice and learn from being out there. So this tells me it might be an ankle injury right? Um, it maybe twisted a knee, maybe a hamstring to where they want him not standing. They want him off his feet. And, um, you know, and then he'll have to watch practice film rather than being out there live and seeing what happens. So that's the only thing I can glean just from my years of experience. When players are injured and they're not out there at practice, typically uh, it's because they don't want the, them standing on um, a sprained ankle, yeah. a twisted knee, you know, hamstring, calf injury, whatever. So, because if there was any time to be like observing practice and, and oh, it'd uh, be now, yeah, getting the information, it's yeah, it's right now with the new <laughs> offense, uh, new offensive coordinator, new quarterback, and everything else, yeah. um, in between. But yeah, this is uh, listen again, it's so early. Like, if he's fine by the summer, then great, yeah. and we won't even think twice about this. But tough COVID for Russell Gage, man. I mean. Was looking great last. We talked about it before, but yeah. looking great in training camp. Then he got injured, and that kind of derailed the season last year. It honestly, it just sucks to see the fact that uh, he, you know, he could be hurt again, especially with uh, you know Dave Canales now. So. Yeah, and I'll tell you, boy, Dave Canales is just so impressive because you can tell this guy has got uh, quarterback uh, coaching roots. Even though he played wide receiver at Azusa Pacific, he spent a lot of time coaching quarterbacks and receivers up there in Seattle. But um, when, when they're doing the individual period where it's, you know, strictly just quarterbacks, you know, sectioned off with Thad Lewis and the running backs sectioned off with Skip Pete, uh, John Van Dam, not Claude Van Dam, John, John, <laughs> John Van Dam 
it's John, but we're going to call him Jean, right? I think that just sounds better. Jean Van Dam. Yeah. So no Jean Van Dam with the tight ends. You've got uh, uh, Gilly and Goody with the offensive line. And and Dave Canales is nowhere to be found with the offensive line. He doesn't care. He just doesn't. He trusts Brad Idzik with the wide receivers. Good. Don't care. Tight ends. Jean Van Dam. You got that, Skip Pete. Uh, you're not going to get these guys to fumble the ball. We, we know that. So I'm going to stick with the quarterbacks. <laughs> but the thing is, is he basically runs all the quarterback drills. Dad Lewis is kind of a bystander. Uh, and maybe this will change during training camp. Which this is the fourth OTA practice, Matt. So we don't want to get ahead of ourselves here. But it just seems to me like Dave Canales is so hands-on with the quarterbacks. And if anything, when he does kind of turn the individual practice period over to Thad Lewis to run, if he wants to take a peek at what the offensive line's doing or the tight ends or the running backs or the receivers, Thad will know what to do because he's been watching it now for a couple of weeks with Canales. I do like it. It feels like with Canales and Thad Lewis, it's a little bit of the yin and the yang type of situation. Like Dave Canales is very loud and energetic and he's all over the place. And as you said, he's running the other drills. <laughs> And Thad Lewis, just from like talking to him, some of his press conferences, it, it doesn't make Thad Lewis any less of a coach or a better right. teacher of the game. But Thad Lewis definitely feels a lot more calm, cool, collected, methodical about the whole thing. Hold on, yeah. wait, let's like think this out. It's almost to a degree, sort of like Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask, where yeah. Baker's like the firecracker, chip on yeah. his shoulder, in your face, and. You know, Kyle Trask, even talking to him today, a lot more relaxed, chilled out, almost a little yeah. too chill for my own personal liking. A little I'm bit of you, like Matt. that, a little bit of that aw shucks mentality, like, ah, yeah. you know, I lost some weight and now I'm gonna run more. And it's like, <sighs> all right, good for you, Kyle. But yeah, I, I'm sitting there listening to Kyle Trask talk. And I like Kyle. Great guy. You know, he's got kind of like little sneaky humor, right? Like yes. he kind of kind of creeps up on you with the humor a little bit. Uh, he didn't do the, the swagger one-liners like Baker does, but but he's he's a, he's got his own little sneaky humor there. But I'm sitting there watching him, and I'm thinking, you know, it, a practice just ended, right? And so you're probably filling up with, with the Gatorade or, you know, the, just water rehydrating. But, man, you could use a Celsius, yes, Kyle. You, you just could, especially that Oasis vibe, which is the newest flavor of – Celsius. It's hard to keep track, folks, because they keep cranking out these new flavors left and right. But the Oasis vibe, uh, available only at Target right now, is sprickly. Oh, sorry, sprickly. That's just a new word. Sprickly. Sprickly means sparkling prickly pear lime. And it's very sprickly. It's also very good. And the lemon lime, uh, which you see right next to it, is awesome. Those are two of my afternoon flavors because they're not terribly sweet. The orange, that's my go-to right there in the morning. So I had an orange this morning. It's fantastic over the, the holiday weekend. Uh, actually had a fantasy vibe, which is a great change of pace. Uh, it's even sweeter than, than the orange. It's the marshmallow um, mandarin orange. It's a, it's a great flavor. And you can't go wrong with the vibes, Matt. Tropical vibe, Arctic vibe, and peach vibe. And where can you get Celsius? Well, it's real easy. Do what, what we've done before. Go to Celsius.com. Click on the store locator. Find the nearest health and fitness store, convenience store, grocery store, or what's the one I'm of? Bodega. Bodega. Yeah, that's right. Uh, grab a Celsius today, folks. It's got all the energy you need, and you're not going to have the sugar crash because there's no sugar. And you can also get them on Instacart and Amazon as well. Do the subscribe and save with Amazon. Ship them right to your door. Save a bunch of money. Celsius, the official energy drink of Pewter Report. 
And, uh, and you know, I'm going to try to get Kyle Trask a Celsius endorsement deal. I think you know, you did just mention that he's got a little bit of sneaky humor here. The other yeah. video we have of Kyle Trask, he gets a couple of laughs out of it. Yeah, he's talking about it. just kind of like learning the new offense and everything. So we're going to play uh, video part two of Kyle Trask. Nice to kind of get back to some of that element rather than just being a pocket passer. Uh, yeah, I would say, you know, our old scheme um, in the last couple of years, definitely more geared towards throwing from the pocket. Um, this new scheme allows you to get outside the pocket and use your legs more. Um, that's really exciting for me as a quarterback anytime you get on the edge. Um, that's really exciting to anytime you can try to throw one on the run or get outside the pocket and make a play, you know, run for a first down or something like that. Just how creative the offense is. I think everybody's really bought into the scheme. Um, and I'm just really looking forward to see uh, how it looks versus a defense. Um, you know, you see what they did in Seattle with Geno um, and the weapons they had. And I think that with our weapons, we can, uh, you know, we're here from, for some really explosive plays. I guess that's, that argument is, you know, so subjective, you know, depending on who you ask. I like to be labeled a mobile quarterback. That's pretty cool. Uh, but, uh, you know, I like to think that I can, you know, I'm able, I'm able to get out on the edge and, you know, get first downs if I need to. Yeah, so he got a couple of laughs at the end there. The, the part that he was talking about um, that is kind of up to everyone's discretion is whether or not he's a pocket passer right. or a mobile quarterback. Is he a dual threat quarterback? Which Antoine Winfield Jr. said yeah. that he's a dual threat quarterback. And, uh, you know, we joked that with Tom Brady last year. And, Certainly, Trask is. Yeah, it doesn't. He's way more mobile than Brady. Yeah, Let's just continue to crap all over Tom Brady today. I mean, Tom Brady's not nearly as fast as Kyle Trask. Okay, yeah. there you go. And Kyle Trask uh, probably won't have an undefeated season either, just like Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Uh, listen, uh, we appreciate y'all tuning in on Tuesday for this OTA talk, and uh, and one of the guys that was out there, probably the number one player out there today, actually is the number one player every day. That's Rashad White. He's number one. It's not Jalen Darden, folks. Nope, nope. Uh, slip and slide is gone. Now you've got uh, a robust Rashad White. I'm going to say Rashad White like that. I just think that sounds cool. Almost like, yeah, yeah, Diaby. So we're going to have a special guest tomorrow night, folks. We kind of gave it away right there, but it's Rashad White of the oh, Tampa yeah. Bay Buccaneers. 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. We're already on Wednesday, just about. It's Tuesday it's, it's really Wednesday, Junior. It's Tuesday, right? So <laughs> tomorrow, Wednesday. tomorrow's Wednesday, and we've got uh, our primetime uh, show, which is 7 p.m., so make sure that you're going to be there. Rashad White's going to be there. So check out uh, Rashad and bring your questions. We'll ask him some of those questions live. And uh, you and JC did a great job with Cody Malk last week, last Thursday. Thank so you, we, yeah. We, that, was, that was a fun show to watch. Now we've got Rashad – sorry, Rashad White. Lined up for tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern time. So be there or be square. Yeah, love having uh, love having players on the show. It does um, does everybody good. You know, people love the players. Uh, it gets a, It's really the closest. You know, there's meet and greets and things like that. Yeah. But for like fans of the box, pewter people, it's really one of the closest ways that you're able to like interact with the players. Right. If you if you want to ask a question or anything like that, of course, super chats. Uh, we will. Yeah. Have you cut the line? But yeah, uh, Rashad was on the show last year. Excited to have him back on. And uh, yeah, we'll, yep. we'll see. We'll see. How we have a, a string of Russell Gage comments here. And so we're going to kind of address these right here. So yeah, 
Uh, Gage uh, just has not found that that foothold yet in Tampa. Um, Trey Palmer. Trey Palmer made a couple of really good catches today. He had a, a really nice skinny post catch yes. and run from a beautiful pass by Baker Mayfield. And then also had a, a low kind of almost diving touchdown uh, from John Wolford, the third string quarterback, who actually had back-to-back touchdowns through that one to to Trey Palmer, and then at the end of practice, Kalen Geiger goes up over two yes. guys. Um, Derek Pitts is one of them. Derek Pitts was uh, not yeah. sure who the other guy was. He was he's a, a brand new defensive back that's probably not going to make the team. But um, but he Kalen Kalen Geiger looked pretty good today. Uh, Trey Palmer is looking good. And, yes, I don't want to get too well, ahead with Trey Palmer though, because he okay. has looked good. He looks smooth. Yep. He's very quick. But I do remember Jalen Darden balling out during oh, yeah. this time of the year. Kenny Bell got, before him. Got yep. all excited, and then, yep. you know, the pants came on, training camp went on, and wasn't exactly the same guy. So yep. let's just – I'm personally just going to pump the brakes a little bit with uh, with Trey Palmer. I like what yep. I've seen. He's, he's trending in the right direction. That's all I'm going to say. I, I, I'm going to stop being negative. Okay. That, that's fine. Uh, no take, no negativity here allowed in the off season. That that only happens after Bucks losses. During well, the we we already bashed Tom Brady so much. If we That's just bash everybody, then you yeah. know, then who are we really? Exactly. Um, okay, so uh, we talked a little bit about the the offense uh, in in terms of of, of making plays. Uh, tight ends were really kind of nondescript today. I think the the ball just kind of found its way to the receivers today. Kate Warner made some nice catches. Raheem Jarrett had a touchdown. Kalen Geiger had one. Um, Chris Godwin, you know, certainly out there, but, um, didn't really have a, a day to day. Not that he needs to, I mean, he's no. Chris Godwin. Right? Yeah. And the fact that he's out there looking fast looks, looks really good. That's, that's important. Okay, Chris, here we go. Uh, anything on Silas, uh, how are we saying his name, Matt? Have we kind of come to the conclusion there? Is it Zancy? Yeah. See, I, I am looking at it as Zancy. Just okay. the silent. Okay. So Silas Zancy, that's the Virginia tech kid. And he actually was the second string left tackle today. And the Bucks are trying him at left tackle. They hope he can be the swing tackle. I think there's a little bit of war going on between the Bucks front office, the scouts. They like Brandon Walton at tackle. And Harold Goodwin and Joe Gilbert like him at guard. So today, Brandon <laughs> Walton was playing guard. He was the second string right guard. And uh, Silas Zanzi was the second string left tackle. So, so far, so good. Again, with offensive line, Matt, we got to make this this disclaimer. There's no pads, right? It's all patty cake. Underwear Olympics. It's underwear Olympics out there. So it's, it's hike and then touch, tag your it. And, and that's really it. So uh, one, one other play, since we're kind of talking about the trenches that I thought was interesting was Kalijah Kansi. He's running second string right now. No surprise. Some fans might have been surprised that Mike Green was was running with the first string. Again, this is the offseason. This is where you experiment. You had Nick Leverett in there at center, Robert Hansey at left guard, just trying new people at new places. But uh, so Kalijah Kansi comes in in the second string with Greg Gaines, who is the nose tackle on the situation, and you've got Kalijah Kansi. And in one of these rollout plays, and we've seen Baker Mayfield, uh, when he rolls out, if there's nobody there, he didn't like wait, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on, right? Because the sideline's coming. As you're rolling, you're getting close to the sideline. He just lo- looks to take it upfield, and, and he actually scored a rushing touchdown 
yes. on kind of a design rollout in the red zone today, which was which was impressive. But this was a play where where Baker was looking, 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 and then decided to take it upfield and run. And Kalijah Cansey flashed all the way from the middle of the field. Remember, 53 yards. So we're talking at least 25 yards, just lateral sprint. And he cut off Baker Mayfield and held him to maybe a one- or two-yard gain. But it's one thing for a linebacker or a safety yeah. to get out there on the flank, on the edge, and get close to the sidelines and prevent a quarterback from hitting the sidelines and getting maybe a first down. This was a defensive tackle, Matt. This was Kalijah Kansi. Yeah, talk about the speed. That's a big reason why the Bucs drafted him, and especially going sideline to sideline as well, which, again, you don't always think about that as much for the defensive tackle. But Kalijah Kansi's already stood out a little bit more than, say, uh, Logan Hall, yeah. dare I? <laughs> Dare I utter those words? Um, yeah, so great to see from Kalijah Cansey, you know, all hustle all the time. That's kind of what he talked about and bringing here. And um, yeah. it was great that Vita Vea was there, too. And obviously, they weren't playing together at the moment, but they will at some point. I just think just having Vita or really anyone that gets drafted, the veteran or big name player at the same position, I, I, I do think it's very important for those guys to be there and to to take yeah. whatever player under their wing, in this case, Vita Vey and Kalijah Kansi. And obviously they play a little bit of a different spot, although also right. defensive tackles. Um, you know, I thought that was a good sign today. Jamel yeah. Dean being there too. Um, you know, Todd Wilson has been very pleased with the overall turnout in, in yeah, general. It's been really All good. off season. It's, and it just got a little bit better today. Yeah. And, and the thing too is, and, and it, we probably should, should state this since we're talking a little bit of defense now, uh, and buck, Bucket, with your girl, um, don't know when the creamsicles are coming. The Bucks have not made that announcement yet, nor have they made the announcement on the Bucks Spring of Honor game and which person, because it could be a coach, could be an owner. There's Malcolm Blazers in the Bucks Spring of Honor. Monty Kiffin's in there as a defensive is coordinator. A, is that a nod to Tom Brady? Because he's kind of an owner of the Raiders now? It could be. It oh, could be Tom on, Brady's we're year. We're back on Brady. We're back yes. on the Tom Brady does deserve to be in the Bucks Ring of Honor, even though we've taken shots at Tom today and not by design. Um, so I'm not, not sure when the cream sickles are coming. My guess is that, um, you know, what do they have? They, they've got a couple of – I think the Bears game, that season opener, is is too early. I want to say it's probably going to be against the NFC South teams, the Lions game. That yeah. kind of feels right to me, Lions and Bucks. Matter of fact, the last time the Buccaneers – donned the creamsicle buccaneer bruce uniforms on the regular uh was in in 1996 and they played the bears that was the season finale there um but it's that's the home opener that's the no, yeah. week two game i think it's too early i think they're going to wait till the lions game to do it so this or, or the falcons game maybe if you yeah. throw back falcons throw back bucks i cool. uh i've cast my vote as well for the game against the titans but you get the creamsicle against oh. the, the houston oilers uh, yeah. i think that would be really cool that i'm would also be curious badass. like the bucks don't have to do a ring of honor member like every single season i mean there are no. people that are definitely candidates it's yeah. just like i I'm not even speaking specifically about the box, but I do feel like teams at times feel obligated. It's like we have to put someone in the ring of right. honor or like we have to do something like that. Let's also remember Rondé Barber is going to the hall of fame this year. So there could yeah. be 
a Rondé because they did it with John Lynch a couple of years ago, even yeah. when he was well, Rondé's GM already in there, right? Rondé was in two years ago, right? Right, but I'm saying yeah. like John Lynch was in the Ring of Honor and then they brought him back for like his Hall of Fame, like when he made it to the NFL, oh, yeah, yeah, Hall right. of Fame, and, yeah. and John Lynch came back and said a couple words. So, yeah, yes, I know, yeah, Rondé obviously is already True. in the Ring of Honor, but they could do like a Hall of Fame thing with him as well for making the NFL. Yeah, um, it very, very well could be the case. Um, so the other thing is, is on the defensive side, it wasn't just Devin White and Levante David that were missing today in terms of, of uh, starting linebackers, but also K.J. Britt, who was the number yeah. three linebacker, was missing. So that left the team with four inside linebackers. We saw Servassier Dennis in the starting lineup. No surprise. We've been high on him since the day he was drafted. And then you had Ulysses Gilbert, who was a, a practice squad guy and a special teamer last year, manning the other linebacker spot. And then in the second string, you had Jeremy Banks, the undrafted free agent from Tennessee, who's created a bit of a buzz, along with J.J. Russell. So those four linebackers today got a ton of reps because typically, you know, you go three deep in practice. You have first string, second string, third string. Those guys got recycled a bunch of reps and really accelerates their learning curve. Gilbert and Russell were here last year in the practice squad. Yep. And of course, Banks and, and Dennis are new. But Matt, the longer the veterans stay away, almost like Gage and Evans being out, it just helps all the young receivers accelerate their learning curve and get the needed reps so that they can hit training camp running. 100%. I think this is the perfect time of the year where if you, especially someone like Servassier Dennis, get him as many reps as possible. You never yeah. know when he's going to be needed. Maybe the Bucks made the right move by just not filling out their safety room after Antoine Winfield Jr. <laughs> and Ryan Neal because they have a flurry of undrafted free agent safeties. Nolan Turner included. He's going to his second year, but also was an undrafted yep. free agent. Um, yeah, I, I think OTAs, even before mandatory minicamp, it's the perfect time to just get all these young Bucks, literally and figuratively, um, just playing time in – what is, let's be realistic, yeah. a complex defense, at least right. on defense. Offensively, it was complex. Now it's a little more simplified with, with Dave Canales in the mix. But this is awesome. I mean, the wide receivers, the more Russell Gage is injured, I saw someone in the chat before saying Trey Palmer is going to be wide receiver three. Yeah. I don't know if I'd go that far, but you got a bunch of wide receivers like Kalen Geiger making that play today. Yeah. This dude's fighting to make this team, and it's yeah. very viable that some of these guys could, getting wide receiver five, six, Cade Warner, like you talked about. So all yep. of them in the mix is great. Um, You know, J.J. Russell was in that competition last year, and he didn't make the team. He made the practice squad. But he's probably pissed. Like, man, I came that close. Now I got to start all over again with another rookie in place. But J.J. Russell, you know, keep him on the practice squad, that type of thing. I just talked about Surprise State Dennis. Yep. And then, yeah, the safeties as well. I'm so excited about uh, Merriweather from yeah, Kayvon Merriweather, Iowa. yeah, Chris uh, Isian, yeah, yeah. Isian from uh, I don't know if it's Isian or Isian. I thought it was. I'm Isian, not sure. I could be wrong. Um, we'll just call him C Eyes. Um, yeah. I guess that wouldn't help either because if he still is, if he C is, right. Uh, but anyway, the Rutgers safety, um, and then uh, Kedrick Whitehead as well. Not Jordan Whitehead. Yep. Another Whitehead that's playing safety. So. Um, yeah, a, a lot of youth, an influx of youth on this yeah. team. That's partially what they did this year, partially because they had to. Rakeem Jarrett as well, wide receiver. Shout out mm -hmm. uh, South 319 for that one too. So, it, yeah, this is a great time of the year for all that to go on. Um, who was it? Antoine Winfield Jr. we spoke to today as mm -hmm. well, and he, he kind of mentioned that uh, Chris Isian, Isian, 
CI um, like reminds him of himself. I thought that was really cool. And yeah, it, it, built cool about the same too. Five ten, yeah, but two hundred pounds. I mean, kind of a short, squatty, thick, yeah, physical player. And Todd Bowles loves the physicality that both Merriweather and Izzy and brings. You know, these, these are these are some bucks to keep your eye on in training camp because uh, I, I'm not sure Nolan Turner makes the squad. So uh, I'm not. Speak- I, I don't like. Uh, sorry, I'm not, I'm not a big Nolan Turner guy. That's all. I'm I am not either. Yeah, I'm not either. Uh, but speaking of young bucks, if you have some young bucks or old bucks or any type of bucks that you want to invest, the place to do it is at Immuni Financial. At Immuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. We're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amy Financial. Plan ahead. Stay ahead. That's right. I made it out to Colorado, Ashley, and I went out there, and um, I've got nugget fever now. Go Nuggets in the NBA Finals. Can't wait. Got my Nuggets shirt in the mail. I'm such a bandwagoner, but why not? <laughs> uh, but listen, folks, uh, if you want to get to Colorado or anywhere, if you want to retire, if you want to save up for vacations, if you want to save up for your college uh, tuitions for your, your children, the place to do it is at Immunity Financial. They've been helping people not just in Tampa Bay, not just in Florida, but across the country since 1980. So do what I've done. Get Immunity Financial in your corner. Let them help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Because managing your family's wealth means more to Immunity Financial than simply allocating your assets. It is legacy planning, brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts, those college savings accounts I just mentioned, and insurance services. They've got over 40 years of experience. So let the pros help you Plan ahead and stay ahead. Muni Financial, give them a call 1 800 868 6864. That's 1 800 6864. Visit them on the web at immuni.com. Tell them Peter Report sent you. Uh, before we wrap up the show, like I said, we did talk to Antoine Winfield Jr. I have a couple of quick videos that we'll play before we close it out. Yeah. Uh, when he talks about Izzy, in, it's a very quick video. So I'll play that first. And then um, obviously, he's moving to free safety this year. Yeah. We've heard. From literally everybody, Todd Bowles, Nick Rapone, Jason Light. Well, we haven't heard from Antoine Winfield Jr., the guy that's yeah. making the move. So we'll get his thoughts on that, too. Yeah, he, he reminds me of myself. Um, we're kind of similar stature. Um, he's put in the same roles that I was in. And so um, it's good seeing him out there. You know, he's learning. Um, he's a smart player, but um, he, he's learning. Uh, more to freak, more to yeah. freak. Yeah, middle, middle of the field. Happy about that? Or? Oh, I love it. I love it. I would say, I mean, it's kind of, it's similar to what I was doing last year. It's just, um, I'll probably be in the middle of the field more. So I like having that uh, freedom just to roam around and be in the middle of the field and have that presence all over. Definitely more, definitely more, I would say. Um, that's one of the goals that we've been uh, trying to get better on, you know, each and every year, but especially this year, because we got to have more turnovers because, you know, that ultimately leads to offense getting more opportunities with the ball and us giving uh, better chances to win so the game. Tip so tip passes. Everything. Yeah. When the yeah. ball's in the air, got to be ours this year. Do you think for you, moving back to free safety, that could help just get more as well? Yeah. You're in the slot and kind of all over the place. Yeah, yeah, 100%, because I'm more in the middle of the field. I'm able to, you know, play around and, and cover different things a little bit differently than playing in the slot over um, slot receiver. So, definitely. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'm curious how much of an impact Antoine Winfield Jr. going full-time back to free safety. I mean, the, how much that will impact the Bucs getting yeah. those turnovers because they had 10 interceptions last year, 17 the year before, so a huge decrease there. And As we've highlighted a lot on the show previously, Scott, you specifically, a lot of those turnovers came in the first three weeks of the season and stalled the heck out after that. So, yeah. um yeah, that's one of the biggest changes you'll see with personnel that's been here before. A lot of new faces in the building, but one of the old faces uh, has a little bit of a change, too. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny. We talked last week about how Kate Otten suddenly, I even wrote about it on pewterreport.com, <laughs> he's the elder statesman of the tight end room. He's a second-year player, and he's already asked to be a leader. And he only played last year as a rookie. So it's it's the youngest tight end room in the league. Uh, not quite the youngest safety room, but with three years in the league, that's what you're looking at with Antoine Winfield. He's yeah. the leader in that room. There's no more uh, Logan Ryan. So you've got Ryan Neal in there, who's another veteran. After that, it's just a bunch of young players outside of Nolan Turner, who was in the practice squad uh, last year. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see uh, you know if if Neal and Winfield can stay healthy the entire season. If not, boy, it, it gets really young really fast in the secondary. I'd rather have youth at tight end because that, that's more of like a nondescript position. Safety, I mean, we're talking like that's the last line of defense. You got to have guys to know what they're doing back there. Otherwise, you give up big plays, you blow coverages, things like that. Uh, I know he's been doing a lot more media stuff lately, but Logan Ryan, keep your uh, keep your phone near you. <laughs> because yeah. if, if something happens to the to yeah either one of them, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if he gets a call. Um, anytime soon. Sal319 says, who's been in the slot now? Yeah. Uh, a couple of guys. We've seen yeah. our, our Rutgers guy that we've been talking about, yeah. Chris Izzy, and uh, he's been in there a little bit. Uh, the Bucks are going to rotate some guys out. I mean, Zion McConnell's been playing outside with Carl. Yeah. D. Delaney has been playing inside. Yeah, D. Delaney has been Hayes. playing inside. The, those, those three primarily have been the, the, the trio in there at, at the nickel spot, and I think each one's kind of getting different looks with different units and we'll see how it all yeah. shakes out. So yeah. Long um, way to go. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of, of young rooms, uh, the running back room is also young, right? I mean, uh, you've got second year running back uh, Rashad white, who is the special guest on tomorrow night's show. We said tomorrow night, cause it's 7 PM. That's right. We do Wednesday shows and Thursdays in prime time at 7 PM. So make sure that you, Bring your questions and tune in tomorrow for the new number one running back, literally and figuratively. That's Bucks running back, Rashad, Rashad, sorry, Rashad White. Going to be live at the Peter Report podcast. Myself and Matt Matera will be your co-hosts for tomorrow night's festivities, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Tell all your family and friends to tune in. And yeah. we also... And I was going to say, please also tell your family and friends yeah. to uh, follow pewterreport.com, our website, and, of course, our, our social media on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram is at Pewter Report, and our YouTube channel, whether it's the podcast that you're watching, we put up various clips. We have an Antoine Winfield Jr. clip uh, from earlier today as well that's already up there. So uh, our YouTube channel is Pewter Report TV. Yeah. Please like and subscribe. Tell your friends if you like the content. Uh, we're trying to grow this as much as we possibly can. And with your support of uh, a like and a subscription, which is absolutely free, um, you'd really help us get there. So Yeah, uh, and we're up to 10,500 uh, subscribers now on our YouTube channel, Peter Report TV, which is awesome. 
And uh, if you didn't see our video earlier, our new Pewter Report podcast intro video, it's only 12 seconds. I'm going to play it one more time. Uh, we actually spent $10,500 on this graphic, so we're going to get the most mileage out of it we can. So here it is again, folks. That's pretty, pretty nice. sweet. I like pretty, it. Uh, pretty awesome. Yep. I like it. I like it. But that's going to do it for us on today's show. For Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thank you, everybody, for watching. And we will see you tomorrow for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Rashad White on the show tomorrow. Rashad White. Rashad White. Out. Out.